0: Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin Williams. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Field House in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin Williams. Great to have you with us and Jim Jones uh, we are going to have some fun on this show we'll also uh, look back on the life of Kobe Bryant who left us one year ago and we'll talk a little Cavs basketball so a lot to cover and boy what a special guest we're going to have settle into that legends chair Larry Nance Sr. is going to stop by and pay us a visit.
2: Yeah, and well, he should, you know, uh, not necessarily even because of his son. Uh, Tim, I always tell this story, and, I, and uh, we talk about sacrifice, and we talk about uh, a commitment to the team ethics, but nobody exemplifies that better than Larry Nance. Let me tell you why. He and Ron Harper were the best players on that Cavalier team for their skill set, what they could do, and the impact they had on the team. They sacrificed, Larry Nance sacrificed his scoring ability to become what they called then a prototype power forward, take the beating, give the beating, block the shots, protect the pain in the rim before this new style of basketball was even considered. And uh, that sacrifice, that sacrifice he made is what brought that team together. Because he was in Phoenix. He was an all-star down there. Of course, he was an all-star with us, too. But down there, he was an all-star. He was a shot blocker. He was a dunker. He was more in the Julius Irving-type mode. But he reinvented himself and became a total team player with the Cavaliers. And that sacrifice is what made that team so great.
1: Well, we can't wait to talk to Larry, and that's coming up next. So stay with us. It's Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll hear from Larry Nance Sr. after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network.
0: 7 on the clock. Elo, left side hot rod. In the corner. Nance from 20. Good! Nance with 26. Left side Nance. 3 we're tied! Larry Nance ties the game! Right side to Nance, Nance to the line, to the lane, goes in on Bowman, wham, with a left hand. And yeah. into Osmond, Eliuk Nance, pow oh, with two heads! Oh, what a play! Eddie Osmond on the alley oop, the Larry Nance Jr. and he crushed it. Wilkins left side comes into the lane, up to the right, and blocked by Nance. That's ten blocks, ten block shots for Larry Nance, and that is a team record. Jackson drives into the middle, puts up a shot, blocked by Nance. That's eleven. Got it down low to Randall's shot, blocked by Nance. Out of there with it comes Osmond. Oh, what a block by Jr. We
1: welcome you back. It's Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin Williams, Tim Elkorn, along with Jim Jones. And yes, if you couldn't have guessed by that little montage put together by the extraordinary Kurt McLaughlin, we've got a Nance on the show today. Yes, settling in to that legend's chair on Cavs HQ is Larry Nance Sr., You heard Joe Tate calling some great highlights from the career of Larry Nance Sr. here in a Cavs uniform, but uh, we thought we'd drop in a couple of junior highlights as well. Larry Nance Sr., great to have you on Cavs HQ.
3: Hey, thank you guys so much. I look forward to it. Let's go. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Boy how how vividly do you recall those uh, Joe Tate highlights and uh I can I can visualize that game against the Knicks with the 11 block shots uh, I could I could see it as Joe Tate was calling it
3: <laughs> That was one of uh you know every time I see Wayne Embry he talk about that game that was one of his favorite games that he uh, yeah, he watched me play he said that uh you know a couple of times one of their guys drove in the lane looked at me turn around and drove out of the lane and I was like man that's that that's a good feeling when you can make a a NBA player do something like that well again
1: it's great to have you on we appreciate you uh, settling into that legends chair and I know you know the uh, co-host of Cavs HQ very well Jim Jones Jim
2: yeah Larry I just want to say you know before Tim gets started uh I just want to give the people a little background to the kind of person you are from what I know of you. And that is uh, totally, uh, uh, total humility, uh, totally family oriented and always trying to figure out ways to make it work for everybody. I mean, those are the three things that I've gotten that I've learned from you and your beautiful family. But before we go, I just want to tell you that, uh, he and his wife and family are so committed to the Cleveland, to the state of Ohio, uh, community service. Uh, Larry, uh, w- we gave away 500 turkeys at a turkey giveaway that was co-sponsored with Neon, uh, uh, uh Molina Health, and some other people. And uh, so I didn't have anyone to drive the truck because usually I'm too big to fit under a truck. And so uh, we had this big truck, and all of a sudden someone calls me. And, and, he, and uh, he says, who's going to drive the truck? I said, no, I don't know. He said, I'm driving the truck. I said, oh, okay. So uh, his wife, beautiful wife, Janie, dropped him off. He drove the truck. We went up to, uh, where did we go? Did we go to Walmart? I think we went to Walmart. And, yeah, Walmart. Uh, we picked up, yeah, we picked up 500 turkeys, and Larry was fantastic. And then they gave a great monetary donation, way above what, what we asked our Our other legends to commit to. But, Tim, I just had to say that because, you know, a lot of people talk about community doing community good, but the Nance family is totally committed to it. And I know later on, Tim, you're going to talk about Larry's program. They do so many things for the state and also for Northeast Ohio, and they should be recognized for it.
1: Absolutely. Larry Sr., anything you want to add to that before we get into some (laughs) questions and answers here?
3: Well, Thank you. And I, like I told you before, anytime something is going about me, Jim Jones has always had my back and good, said good stuff about me. But, you know, that just, that's got something to do with the way I was raised. My mom taught us to share and help other people, and we try to do that. And, uh, you know, thank goodness, uh, um, you know, Larry's doing the same thing. And it's, you know, we are. We are no better than anybody else. We should just try to help when we can and that's what Janie and I believe in and my, my parents did and uh you know, we've been blessed. We've gotta to try to help others.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Again we're talking with Larry Nance Senior as he settles into the Legends Chair here on Cavs HQ. And Larry, before we look back on your career and some of the extraordinary accomplishments that you had, uh I know for some odd reason, you keep a very keen eye on this current Cavaliers team. Uh, just your thoughts on this basketball team uh, as this season gets near now to the quarter pole.
3: You know they're so much fun to watch when they play together. When they when they pass that ball around, I mean that's that's what basketball is. So if you you know the good teams they share the ball. It doesn't matter who. Get the point, just share it, move that ball around, and you can't run the pass. So when they pass the ball, they're a very tough team. And then sometimes they get off track and, uh, don't do that, and then that's when you see them struggle. But I have so much fun watching them, and, and, and the one that, you know, one of the ones that's doing the passing and, and unselfishness is my son, and I'm really proud of the way he play. About, uh, you know, he, he's trying to, you know, when, when he have a play, he make, Two or three people happy. If he get assists, he's happy. The guy he threw the ball to is is happy, and you see the bench jumping around. So he affects <laughs> a lot of people during the game. And uh, yeah, I enjoy watching him play because he's just such a smart player.
2: Uh, Larry, you also have another son uh, who's bigger, and I've been and I've been hearing through the grapevine possibly more talented than Larry Jr. Uh, what uh, can you talk a little bit about him and tell us the mindset of those two kids when they were coming up?
3: Well, uh, you're talking about Pete, and he go to Northwestern. Pete is a six eleven. He's uh, probably about two twenty eight now, and he's he's definitely coming into his own. He's a little more offensive minded than me and Larry. He can handle the ball a little bit better, I think, and he can. Um, he, he also have the ability to pass, so he's a great passer, and and he a little more offensive minded, like I said, and uh, you know, hopefully, one of these days that he'll be playing in the NBA also, because he, he definitely bring a lot to the table. And, uh, when they was growing up, well, obviously when they were growing up, Larry used to beat the crap out of Pete. So Pete <laughs> 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 a, I guess that's what brothers do. But, uh, you know, Larry went through the Crohn's thing. So that held him back a little bit. And he's still, you know, he's, Larry's still improving in my book. And, uh, yep. you know, so it, it just, yeah, again, I've been blessed to watch my kids. And, and then we, we have Casey, which was the best defensive player of all of us. So, I've I've been blessed to watch a lot of good basketball.
1: Larry, last question before we take the break. Obviously, Cavs fans remember you. Now they're watching Larry Jr. How are your games similar, and how are your games different?
3: Our games are similar because we both love defense, and we know that's a good way of winning. Another way is similar is that, you know, Larry had to develop the jump shot, and we'll – which is the three shot that I had to develop a jump shot that I spent in endless hours of time in the gym with coach Ham working on my jump shot to get that 15 footer down. Larry spent endless of hours and hours in the gym working on that three shot. So he's improving that. So we both want to improve something every year. Now how we're different is. I'm more of a shot blocker. Larry more of a stealer. He still the ball and got his hands in everything. And I think his defensive uh I think his defensive stuff that he's working on each game is a little more high tech of anything I ever done. I just seen the guy coming and I try to block his shot. Larry's always got a scheme going during the game, trying to get steals and, and, and know what's going on around him.
1: But see that's where you, you can, can always see. trash talk Larry. You could say, Larry, you may
0: have had five or six steals. You never had eleven blocks, <laughs>
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, but, yeah, but I might push him into getting eleven steals. He might just <laughs> right, do that Right. So I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want to mess with it too much.
1: <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, this is fun. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll talk more with Larry Nance Sr. He's sitting in the Legends Chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. And we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elcorn, along with Jim Jones. Settling in very comfortably to the Legends Chair on this edition of Cavs HQ is Larry Nance Sr. You know, normally when I introduce the guest at the beginning, I rattle off stats. I neglected to do that for Larry Nance Sr. Three-time NBA All-Star, had a remarkable 13-year career, averaged 17 points, 8 rebounds, and over 2 blocks per game, in that sparkling NBA career. And it was split just about 50-50 between Phoenix and the Cavaliers. And, Larry, that's where I want to start this segment because the Cavs uh, a week or so ago made a big trade. Now, it wasn't midseason, but they get Jared Allen, they get Torrey and Prince, uh, who are going to add an awful lot to this basketball team. And you went through that as a player. Your deal was in February. Uh, you, along with Mike Sanders, come from Phoenix to the Cavs for Kevin Johnson, Mark West, Tyrone Corbin. And just talk about that acclimation, how it, how long it took to get comfortable with Lenny Wilkins as the coach and the guys that you are now playing with here with the Cavs.
3: First of all, I, I loved Phoenix, and I thought, you know, if you keep your nose clean, and don't do anything wrong, they would never trade you. So I was a little hurt. I got traded, especially from that nice hot weather to this snowy place you know, out in Richfield. <laughs> but,
2: uh, <laughs> you know,
3: it, 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 and, um, you know, I, I got on the bus the next morning and uh, I was just like, well, we got to go do this. So we, I came with the team and I ended up falling in love with Hot Rod. We were best friends and Coach Wilkins was <laughs> just one of the best people I've been around. His whole staff, that whole team, we became all brothers, and we all just was together all the time, and it all worked out. And it's funny how things work. When I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me because we had the best team, and we had our chances to win championships. We didn't, but we had our chances, and uh that was good enough for me. I wouldn't trade nothing for the world. we raise our kids here now and uh you know we love the fans and it it just it's a great place to raise kids great fans only thing i got to complain about is still the weather but uh (laughs) you know we we definitely still live here so it was tough at first but then we was uh we were losing games and i i was sick just sick to my stomach and uh then we finally, I think Coach Lenny put Hot Rod on the bench and put me at four spot, and then we we kind of start winning. And then we would always finish games with uh, all three of us in the game. And, uh, you know, so we started, had a rocky start, but it all worked out for the best, and I am very, very happy that I got traded here for sure.
2: Oh, that's great. Jim? Well, Larry, I look at uh, your son – and you and I have had talks about him because of his unique skill set. And, you know, one of the things that when I talked about him uh, that always comes to mind about you, you were a little bit ahead of the curve. There might have been a couple other guys who were similar, but they—but they, maybe Danny Roundfield played a lot like you because he played defense first, but he didn't have your size. There's a lot of similarities in your, in your games. The one unique thing I want you to talk about your son is, as you said it, he's getting better, Larry. And I think it's because oh, yeah. the influence of Bickerstaff and his staff, just like Lenny Wilkins, influenced you.
3: Yeah, I love I love their staff. Um, Larry is, I mean, he just studies the game and understands what's going on all the time. And he's he's got a nice coach now that he can talk to and throw stuff off of and, and try stuff. And they let him use his mind to go out there and, and give him a little freedom. As long as he don't go out there and have five turnovers or nothing like that, but they give him freedom to freelance out on that floor because he sees stuff that nobody sees and you can't really teach people. And, and, and they see that skill on him. And I do believe that Larry is still getting better. He's going to get better shooting threes. He'll get better scoring one-on-one. And Yep. And, you know, he, he's, he's a, he was a late bloomer, and he's still blooming in my book. So we don't know what the ceiling is on him yet. I I enjoy watching him evolve, to, you know, just a little bit of something almost every game.
2: I picked him as our most improved. He really took a leap from last year.
1: Larry, when Wayne Embry acquired you, uh, he was putting the pieces in place in what was a very young basketball team at the start with Harper and Price in the backcourt and Brad in the middle and you alluded to Hot Rod. Does this young team and some of the pieces remind you of the team that was assembled in the 80s?
3: Well, they're young for sure. And then what makes it so bad? Larry is one of the old guys. (laughs) so It's it's, it's good. He's one of the old guys, and he's showing – very good leadership and, and, yep. and, and trying to invite people over and, and do stuff with them and stuff. So yeah, this, this team, uh, they, they really have a lot of promise, I think, and they're on the right track. Um, you know, the, like again, the more, that's one thing we really had down at our team. We realized from night to night, um, to share the ball and we, you know, we, we tried to get Brad going first. And then after that, we just all just play basketball and let the defense tell you what to do. And uh, you know, if they do that, if they if they stay where they pass that ball, Colin uses his speed to get some assists and as long uh, as well as scoring, we're going to be really tough. And I'm excited to see this young team grow. As
1: are we. I'll tell you what, Larry, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we've enjoyed it immensely. Uh, we loved watching you play, and now we love watching uh, your son out on the floor for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's an absolute blast. And anytime you want to circle back and sit in that please legend's do. chair and join us, uh, by do. all means, please do.
3: <laughs> well, thank you very much. I feel very comfortable in the chair, thanks to having <laughs> Jim Jones with me because he always got my back. So, Jones, I love always. you. Always.
2: Always. Love you too.
1: Well, I hope I didn't make you uncomfortable, Larry. I
3: tried. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Don't take this offensive. No, joe has been doing this for a long time. So yep. it's it just kind of we know each other really well, and you did not yep. make me uncomfortable at all. So it's all no, good. It's
1: all good. And, and I want to share a quick story in about 20 seconds. Larry Nance Sr. down at the Coliseum, I was a very young reporter at the time, and Larry Nance Sr. was sitting at his locker and I had a a lot of trepidation about approaching him for an interview. And Larry looked up at me, and he said, uh, would you like to chat? And I said, sure. And he goes, well, come on over. Let's have a conversation. I never forgot that. So uh, Larry Nance Sr., you uh, gave a a young pup uh, a little bit of confidence right there, so I appreciate it.
3: Well, good. No problem. No problem at all. Great talking with you guys.
1: All right. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Larry Nance Sr. in the Legends Chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. When we come back, we'll look back on the life of Kobe Bryant, who sadly left us one year ago. That follows this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. As the Cavs strive to be champions both on the court and in the community, we are proud to support local nonprofit organizations through our weekly 50-50 raffles presented by Oswald. This week's raffle will benefit the Cavaliers Community Foundation and its efforts to support charitable organizations right here in Northeast Ohio. For complete 50-50 raffle details and to purchase your 50-50 raffle ticket, visit Cavs.com raffle. Thank you, Cavs fans, for being the diff in our community. Cavs in the community brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by (laughs) Sherwin-Williams. Welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. Jim, one year ago today, the sudden and shocking news that Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter Gia and seven others, were lost tragically in a helicopter accident in California. And still, when you when you hear it and you say it, it reverberates as shocking. It's just hard to believe that Kobe Bryant is with us no more.
2: Yeah, it is, uh, uh, Tim, I don't, it's kind of hard to explain because he was only 41 years old and his daughter was only 13, Uh, six other people died plus the pilot, you know, they crashed into a hillside and uh, poor visibility, heading to uh, a basketball tournament at his his academy called Mamba Academy in Thousand Oaks, which isn't too far from LA, just across the mountains. It's just hard to believe and fathom that a kid at the height of his visibility and celebrity uh, would go that way. You know what I'm saying? And I, I guess there is no way to go when, you know, there is no right way to go. But when it happens like that, it becomes haunting. You know, people think about it all the time.
1: Jim, I was thinking earlier that there are certain moments, there are events in life that you never forget where you were or what the circumstances were when you heard the news for our older listeners they often talk about JFK's assassination they knew exactly where they were uh, when the news came out of Dallas or the Martin Luther King assassination in 1968 they knew exactly where they were and when they heard the news out of Memphis you think of 9-11 for the current generation they know exactly the point that they heard what was happening and For you and I, uh, we were together on the Cavaliers team plane uh, when we heard the news. We were getting ready to depart to Detroit, and I can remember that like it was yesterday. Uh, That plane went so
2: quiet
1: when the news came of Kobe's passing.
2: Well, you know, I always sit to to the far right, and I'm about three rows back, and then take a left, and across from me, over there, three rows behind me, is Rafa. And all of a sudden, uh, Rafa—he uh, didn't—he didn't shout. He was—he was very polite in his uh, gesture, and he said, uh, "Kobe Bryant is dead." And I turned quickly, and I looked, and everybody got quiet. And I said, "What?" He said, "Kobe Bryant is dead." And it was one of those things where you don't—you don't—you don't, you don't, you don't want to believe it. Even though you know it is a reality, or it possibly is a reality, because we, you know it could be misinformation. Uh, but it was the saddest day I've had in a long, long time, especially relating to sports. It was, it was, it it, it just knocked me to the floor.
1: Jim, as you share that story, uh, I get chills. I get goosebumps because I sit across from you, and I vividly recall. Rafa saying the exact same thing, and all of a sudden, within 10, 15, 20 seconds, you could see everybody on the plane uh, start to grab their phones because they hadn't told us to turn the phones off yet, and everybody's looking at headlines and looking at video. And, Jim, it's a short flight over to Detroit, but once we became airborne, that plane was so quiet. Uh, You and I have been on, or we were on so many flights last year where you know there's chatter there's laughing that plane was so stone cold quiet on the floor on the short flight over to Detroit I'll never forget that it was just one of those moments it hit like a thunderbolt
2: well you know what it is Tim it's uh, uh you know we all live in our own reality based upon what we can cope with and you know our expectations and how what what, what level we want to live our life on and sometimes uh uh, the reality of death is the farthest thing from our minds and and uh, when you know someone as great as Kobe I don't I know about him I don't know of him uh, there's a lot of people that know of him but I'm not one of those people but I've always admired him from afar and uh, the unique thing about it is that that made life real or real too real it was so real that I was uncomfortable for the next week or so mm-hmm. because Kobe was like, a he was he was like one of my own children. You know, that's, that's the way I looked at him. I gave him respect, but I always looked at him as a young man about the age of my own children.
1: Well, as I said, the news really shook the world, not just the basketball world. It shook everybody. And of course, in the Cavaliers family, uh, a man who was extraordinarily close to Kobe Bryant was Larry Nance Jr. They had played together out in Los Angeles and uh, it was the very next day at the Cavs shoot around in Detroit that Larry Nance Jr. talked about the passing of Kobe Bryant. He was just such a huge part um huge part of my story as a as a basketball player, as a person, but you know just coming to this league and and
0: um and having him as has As a veteran and and, and a role model and influence, uh, I I can't even begin
1: to do it justice. And, of course, uh, the opposite side of the floor was where Kobe earned the greatest amount of respect. He was the ultimate competitor, and a guy that went up against him many, many times shared his thoughts. Here is
0: Dwayne Wade. Kobe, thank you, man. Thank you for all the memories. We got a lot of good ones. And these tears that we crying, we're gonna miss you. And it's not gonna go it's not leaving today. A week from now, a month from now, a year from now, we will forever, forever miss you, man. You're our legend, you're our icon, you're a father, you're a husband, your son, your brother, your friend. Thank you for being my friend. I love
1: you. As Dwayne Wade said, uh, a year from now, which is now today or whenever uh, Kobe's name is brought up, uh, it'll never be forgotten. Jim, we've got a couple of more folks to hear from, but just your thoughts on what you heard from Larry Jr. and Dwayne Wade.
2: Well, uh, their relationship uh, was uh, was uh, cemented, uh, but as far as young Nance, the encouragement he gave young Nance to be tutored, to have the availability of such a great player and to have the insights you know became part of young Nancy's foundation for his for his own progress and then when you talk about Dwayne Wade they used to have some battles man on national yeah. tv yeah, they you did. know your turn your turn my turn and then they played in the Olympics together you see all of that you know and all the downtime in the, in the Olympics they got to know each other if you've ever seen that one picture there well, many pictures of, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll show Wade, it'll show LeBron, and it'll show Kobe. All three of them together, you know, and uh, that was when they had the USA stuff on. So they had some relationships, but the most, but the thing that hurt me the most, Tim, and I'll keep it short, is his 13, the loss of his 13-year-old daughter. Yes. And also, you know, the other kids, I think he had two other daughters at home, plus his beautiful wife. And his mother, and his father, and you know, you know, all of those things, all of those things, hurt me more than just his on-court heroics.
1: And of course, there was the extraordinary funeral service at the Staples Center uh, following Kobe's passing. And uh, the ultimate warrior, Michael Jordan, had this to say about Kobe, who, of course, uh, the comparisons throughout Kobe's career were always there between him and MJ.
2: Maybe it surprised people that Kobe and I were very close friends, but we were very close friends. Kobe was my dear friend, he was like a little brother. Everyone always wanted to talk about the comparisons between he and I. I just wanted to talk
1: about Kobe. Yeah, we all want to talk about Kobe. He was just that legendary figure. And just uh, a few nights ago, uh, LeBron James, not here in Cleveland, but when the Lakers finished up their game against Chicago, was asked about the uh, upcoming one-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant. Here's what LeBron had to say:
2: I "Man, it's just a, it's a saying that call, uh, says time heals all, you know. And, uh,
1: and and as devastating and as tragic as it as it as it was and, and still is to all of us in, involved uh, with it." Um, you know, only time, you know, and it takes time. Everyone has their own grieving process. Everyone understands how, you know, everyone individually is different and everyone is going to, you know, grieve differently. Yeah. And we still grieve one year later, Jim, uh, before we take the breaks, any final thoughts on uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant one year ago today?
2: Well, physically he's no longer with us. We understand that. And that's pretty obvious, but many times when you think of memories memories are what we call spiritual because they still impact us as far as the loss of an individual and Kobe's spirit is with us if you want to define spirit it is the memory of some of some loved lost one and Kobe's spirit will go on
1: there's no doubt about that so again uh to the bryant family and all the families that were involved in that fatal crash a, a year ago today. May they all rest in peace. We'll take a timeout. We'll have more on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, right after this. Dots into inbound near sideline, 5.2, bounces it into Sexton. Sexton, left side, contested three, good, good, Sexton hit it. Sexton at the top of the three-point arc against Harris, three-ball,
0: he's got another huge shot. Long three, good, Colin Sexton, three-ball, there's another one, Colin Sexton absolutely sizzling from downtown. Sexton steps back, 3 there's another one! Colin Sexton! An absolutely incredible display of long-range shooting! Cavs by 11, 142 131
1: We welcome you back to the Colin Sexton Show. No, it's Cavs HQ, presented by <laughs> Sherwin Williams along the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network, but Jim Jones, uh, Colin Sexton for a single night against the Brooklyn Nets uh, did indeed put on one of the most spectacular shooting displays you and I have ever seen.
2: Yes, uh, very easily. And think about this, Tim. It's young in his career, so so there's probably going to be more of those big nights as he keeps improving.
1: Let's kind of take a look back at the last week or so. Uh, The two big wins over the Brooklyn Nets. That actually gave the Cavs a three-game winning streak. They go up to Boston, and you can't sugarcoat it. It was a a dismal performance. They really laid an egg uh, against the Celtics on Sunday. But then the tremendous effort against the Lakers on Monday night. I mean, LeBron just has an incredible game with 46, but... Boy, the fight and the determination that was in the Cavs on Monday in that ball game against the Lakers. If they play like that all the time, Jim, uh, J.B.'s going to be very happy.
2: Yeah, and they can because they have the depth to keep that intensity. Uh, uh, that shows you the power of the mind. If they would have came into that Celtics game as prepared as the Celtics were, who had lost three straight, who knew of the Cavs defeating the New York Knicks, and then two days later... They played the Celtics and held the Celtics to their lowest point, I think in the history of the franchise, 77 points, Tim. They were afraid of us, and they were determined to get a victory. And we were not ready for that type of intensity. But this is a young team, and they're going to be up and down until they get it all together. And they came back, showed admirably, uh, the response uh, was was greater than I thought. They had their chances to win that game all the way down to the last three or four minutes. The Lakers, number one team in basketball.
1: Jim, in every ballgame, we talk about the Rocket Mortgage built for success, and one of the things that the Cavaliers have that I think are building towards success is, number one, resiliency. Uh, they bounce back very well after that rough night up in Boston. But number two, the ability... To have constructive criticism, uh, I mean, J.B. benched the five starters three minutes into that ball game. He was not happy at all, and his team responded to that. So they've shown a couple of things: uh, they can learn a lesson, and they're resilient.
2: Yes, because uh, J.B. they ha- J.B. has their ear, and uh, they have respect for him, and uh, they're willing to go beyond the call of duty. Uh, some people would say to keep him happy, but more importantly, to do the things that are contagious to winning because JB has a brilliant record. If you see all the places that he's been and the players he's been around, you understand that he understands what it takes to win games. Uh, the uniqueness of his, uh, of his team is that, think about this, they have three players that you can't define their position. And one is Larry Nance. You don't know if he's a small forward, a power forward. He's super athletic and super intelligent. And then you got Sexton, who's not your prototype scoring guard at 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". He's 6'1", but he plays bigger. And he takes it to the rim, finishes at the rim and in the paint. And then you've got Drummond. What is he? He he has the quickness of a small forward. He has the strength of Wilt Chamberlain. And, And when he's got it going... We've seen four to five games this season, and it's early in the year, where he totally dominated the game in the paint, almost to the point where those other centers wanted to get out of the game by, by getting picky-tack fouls so they wouldn't take that beating. I mean, that's the uniqueness of what they have. And in uh, the circumstances that we're now in as far as health and safety protocols, you have to have depth, and that's the last thing the Cavaliers have. They have depth at each position.
1: Well, and part of that depth uh, was the trade that Kobe Altman pulled off with the Brooklyn Nets, a part of that four-team deal involving James Harden. Jared Allen, of course, comes here, a promising center in the NBA. He's only 22 years old, but Jim, not to say he's overlooked, but I think Torian Prince is going to become a critical part of that bench and of this Cavalier rotation.
2: Yeah, because he because he can play f- four positions. He has veteran experience, he can make three-pointers, and he can put the ball on the floor. And as far as matchups are concerned, you need that guy who can guard some of these guys who are 6'6 six, six to 6'8, six, who are out there just to score points. Well, he plays defense first. When he was with the Nets, which was two weeks ago, he was their stopper. He was the guy they put on the toughest offensive player. So it just gives you an idea of the respect he had with the Nets, and now we have him and it's going to benefit us. No doubt about it.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we're going to put the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ. It's presented by Sherwin-Williams, Jim Jones, along with yours truly, Tim Elcorn, coming back after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Sherwin Williams, Tim Elcorn, along with Jim Jones, and, of course, the guys on the other side of the window who really make this program a hum-along. Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone. Great big thank you to those guys. Again, a huge thank you goes out to Larry Nance Sr., who joined us earlier in the show. That was a good conversation with indeed a Cavalier legend. And another Cavs legend, Jim Jones, my broadcast partner, not only during Cavs Radio Network games, but here on Cavs HQ. And, Jim, any final thoughts before we put the finishing touches on this?
2: Well, uh, the only thing I can say, Tim, is the consistency of guests that we've had and the quality of the conversation is uh, really unique. And uh, everybody that's that's in our group, from Leo to Marty to Kurt. You know, everybody's doing their job and trying to make this thing a success. And uh, from what I've heard at the grocery stores, of course I have my mask on. Uh, at the grocery stores, in the parking lots, uh, people will text me, "Make sure that you see the show, uh, because it's worth listening to."
1: I I agree with that, Jim. I'll text you again next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It's all good stuff, man. And uh, you and that black book of yours, uh, as long as we're allowed to delve into it, uh, that's a good thing because the guests have just been extraordinary. Good stuff. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We said their names before, but we'll say it again. Many thanks go out to Leo Simone, of course, Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin. Jim Jones, a great big thank you to you. And the biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed it. Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers radio network. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right
0: now, talk to Huntington.
3: Welcome.